Welcome to Professor Lan A.I.'s podcast series, Understanding Humanity and A.I.'s Perspective. In this series, we asked our learning and narrating A.I. what a professor would teach a group of students if they wanted to understand the totality of the human experience in 100 lectures. Our A.I. then proceeded to define the lecture topics, research them, compose its findings into podcasts, and narrate them in its own voice. This episode is titled Modern and Contemporary Art from Cubism to Postmodernism. We hope you enjoy. Part 1. Introduction to Modern Art. Welcome to the exploration called Modern and Contemporary Art, from Cubism to Postmodernism. Our academic journey begins with the introduction to modern art, where we skew our focus towards defining the core themes and theories of modern art, understanding its historical context, and observing the rise of various modern art movements. Modern art, with its roots dating back to the late 19th and early 20th centuries, powerfully strayed from tradition by passionately embracing a new wisp of thought, the idea that art should not simply embody aesthetic qualities, but also explore abstract concepts, subjectivity, and realities of the modern era. Art became a tool for artists to mirror society, politics, culture, and technology. With genres sprawling across Fauvism, Cubism, Dada, and Surrealism, modern art gestured a bold rejection of antiquity, a colorful embrace of the abstract, and a fierce devotion to originality. What facts fueled such a unique evolution? The industrial and political revolutions of the 18th and 19th centuries birthed a radical disruption of traditional systems, Mechanized production, rapid urbanization, and growing works of enlightened philosophy bred a new cultural climate, a fertile ground for an innovative breed of artists to emerge and redefine art. Such historical context proved vital in understanding how societal shifts impacted creativity, the artist's role, and the purpose of art. Modern art served as a departure point for an entire gamut of movements, each with its unique language and worldview. Impressionism, with its emphasis on light, form, and momentary glances, was the first flicker in the vast constellation of modern art. With a thumbing of the nose to the rigidity of the French Academy, artists like Monet and Renoir daringly honed their canvases with quick brushstrokes to capture fleeting moments, igniting the flame for the future renaissance of modern art. The advent of photography influenced artists to explore beyond just replicating reality. Cubism then came to rupture established perspectives, allowing multiple viewpoints to converge on a single canvas. Picasso and Braque led this revolution, bearing the cubic anatomy of objects with a surgeon's precision and an artist's alacrity. Simultaneously, Expressionism took root, inviting artists to evoke emotion, channeling their innermost feelings into color and form. Furthermore, the political turmoil of the early twentieth century breathed life into movements such as Dadaism, giving birth to defiant, anarchistic works that rebelled against societal norms. Art became more than a visual medium, evolving into a linguistic tool to propagate manifestos, girth for anarchy, and call for societal upturns. As we tread deeper into the realms of modern art, let's retain the idea that it is not merely an aesthetic phenomenon but a historical indicator, a prismatic mirror that reflects and refracts the philosophical, cultural, and political underpinnings of an era. By understating the rise of these movements, we see art history as a fluid narrative, influenced by reacting to and setting in motion the constantly changing times of human civilization. Set sail with me on the currents of modern and contemporary art. 
Ahead lies a captivating journey into the creative pulse of the modern era. The voyage is as much about the men and women who birthed these movements as it is about the broader forces of history that shaped them. Part 2. Cubism. Rupturing Visual Perspectives. Diving deeply into the realm of Cubism, credited to none other than Pablo Picasso and Georges Braque, we reveal how this particular art movement disrupted conventional visual perspectives, forever changing the course of artistic representation. Stemming from the Progressive Era, a period teeming with revolutionary thoughts and philosophies, Cubism emerged as an avant-garde art movement between 1907 and 1907 and 1911, characterized by an abstract rendering of reality. Picasso and Braque, influenced by the late works of Paul Cézanne, defied the tradition of presenting objects from a single perspective. Instead, they intertwined multiple viewpoints into a two-dimensional canvas, portraying figures and objects in geometric forms, leading to an innovative, multifaceted depiction of the world. This cubist lens helped them unravel the complexity and multiplicity of visual reality. Cubism divided itself into two phases, analytical and synthetic. Analytical cubism was the early phase featuring monochromatic and geometrically fragmented forms. Artists narrowed down on depicting abstract forms and dissected objects to depict them from various perspectives simultaneously. Following this initial exploration came synthetic cubism, which further amplified the idea of assembled viewpoints. Artists incorporated real-life materials into their compositions, a technique known as collage. Everyday objects such as newspaper clippings, fabric, and wallpaper fragments were manipulated and inserted into the artwork, creating an overlap between painted and real space. This interplay between reality and depiction broadened the horizon of what could be considered arts and pushed the boundaries of traditional painting and sculpture. Public and critical reception of Cubism was nothing short of an upheaval. Traditionalists found themselves perplexed before these novel expressions of art. Viewing an artwork suddenly developed into an intellectual process, as spectators found themselves required to decipher and construe the abstract rendition. Academics saw it as a manifestation of the evolving modern societal thought process, reflecting the shifting realities of an increasingly complex world. Critical response, initially characterized by shock and disdain, gradually shifted to acknowledgement and admiration. Art critics noted the bold perspective that Cubism introduced, its audacity to introspect and question existing norms. As French poet and critic Guillaume Apollinaire noted, Cubists wished to render the invisible visible. They didn't merely establish a movement, but opened gateways for other avant-garde schools like Futurism, Suprematism, and Constructivism. Undoubtedly, Cubism was met with derision and disbelief in its early years. Yet it gradually won, standing as a pivotal turning point in the history of art, its significance lying in the ripple effect it caused in the fabric of artistic expression. It upended traditional representation methods, introduced the radical concept of multiple perspectives, and incorporated real elements into artistic compositions. In its audacity to disrupt and redefine, Cubism ultimately endowed modern art with a new vision, setting the path for countless movements to follow. It is this understanding of Cubism that enables us to deeply appreciate what came after, a cascade of innovative expressions and interpretations that forever altered how we perceive and represent our world through art. Part 3. Futurism, Illustrating Motion and Dynamism Futurism, an early twentieth-century artistic movement, managed to encapsulate the rapid changes evolving the very rhythm of life, 
shaping a new perspective on the symbiosis of culture and technology. This ideology was powered by the likes of Umberto Bocchioni and Giacomo Balla, two decorated Italian artists who used their paintbrushes to narrate tales of motion and dynamism. Born at the dawn of the twentieth century, Bocchioni and Balla found themselves in an epoch marked by conceptual alterations. The fervor of industrialization and rapid technological advancements were dramatically dismantling old ways, leaving behind unprecedented impressions on society. Captivated by such tumultuous times, both artists fervently believed in reflecting these changes in art, leading them to exploit their creative prowess in triggering the advent of futurism. In the realm of art, futurism signified speed, technology, youth, violence, and objects such as the car, the aeroplane, and the industrial town. It marked a clear departure from the static representations prevalent in classical and traditional art forms, inclining instead toward illustrating motion and dynamism reverberating the spirit of the New Age. Through their work, both Bacchioni and Bala exhibited an impeccably futuristic continuum, where horses, cars, and humans shared an intrinsically similar constitution, dynamically evolving with the surrounding environment. Integral to comprehending the futurist vision is the interaction between Bala's speed of a motorcycle and Bacchioni's The City Rises. Both these masterpieces transcend beyond their canvas dimensions to invoke a sense of velocity coupled with humanity combating the irresistible mechanization. It was their unique way of interpreting the human condition while absorbing the shocks of an industrial revolution. The artwork of Bala and Bacchioni excellently mirrored the state of perpetual movement, acknowledging the maturing correlation between culture and technological development. This innovative approach rippled through the spectrum of visual arts, inspiring subsequent art movements that sought to tap into the richness of contemporary life as a reservoir of creativity. As they wove the stories of their time onto canvas, Bacchioni and Bala did not just confine art to a mere mode of expression, but stimulated it to become a symbol of the time. Not only did they revolutionize the approach to art, but they also rendered it a critical instrument to perceive, understand, and appreciate the pace of life during an era of transformative changes. Futurism thus wore the face of cultural exchange sped by industrialization and revolutionary technologies, inspiring contemporaries and successors alike to etch the evolving human experience within their artistic idioms. By seeking to capture the intrinsic spirit of their era, Bacchioni and Bala invariably rendered art an oblivious historian, narrating the tale of humanity's tryst with change and dynamism in an industrialized world. Part 4. Dadaism art of nihilism and anarchy. Transitioning from the kinetic outreach of futurism, we stumble upon one of the most provocative periods in the annals of modern art, Danaism, a paradigm of anarchy and nihilism, data united artists in disillusionment and rebellion against a world growing seemingly more irrational and violent by way of World War I. Born in the neutral heartland of war-ridden Europe, Zurich in 1916, the data movement was a theatrical display of the nonsensical, the absurd, and at times the offensive. Under the turmoil of a world spiraling into chaos, Dada was seen as an understandable reaction, ridiculing the politics, culture, and ideals that had brought humanity to the brink of self-destruction. From Zurich, this radical art movement quickly permeated other major European cities. Berlin, among them, was profoundly marked by Dada, where it evolved into a more explicitly political form, inspired by the volatile post-war socio-political landscape. 
Two key figures who epitomized the data spirit were Marcel Duchamp and Jean Arp. Duchamp, an artist and chess grandmaster with a knack for provocation, became famous for his ready-made, ordinary manufactured objects selected by the artist and modified, sometimes minimally, to be called art. Arp, Swiss-German artist, poet, and typographer, preferred the happenstance of randomness, creating collages and abstract reliefs by letting shapes fall according to the laws of chance. Moving beyond the art world, Dada sought to disrupt daily life with humor, chaos, and anarchy as tools of protest. It negated traditional artistic values and methods advocating for a reality without predetermined rules or parameters, mirroring the disorder and unpredictability of a society in ruin. Artists like Duchamp with his ready-mades questioned the very nature of art, pioneering the notion that an idea can hold more value than its physical execution. Socio-politically, Dada had profound reverberations, challenging prevailing power structures and societal norms. Its absurd performances, anti-art sentiments, and the rejection of traditional artistic methods can be seen as an early form of punk rebellion, a challenge to an irrational society and a refusal to make sense in a world that had stopped making sense. It was a revolution that sought to reform society and the art world by disrupting the status quo. What makes data crucial in our understanding of modern and contemporary art isn't just its rebellion or its nihilism, it's its courage in the face of absurdity. Dada embraced the chaos, the irrational, the nonsensical, finding in this complete rejection a new way of understanding, and ultimately of existing. Part 5. Surrealism. The Unconscious Mind Unfurled. As we traverse the captivating timeline of modern art, our journey now brings us to surrealism, the unfurling of the unconscious mind in the artistic realm. Stemming from the intellectual corridors of the early twentieth century, surrealism emerged as a distinct movement in the late 1920s, embodying one of the most provocative intersections between art and psychology. Surrealism, at its core, was immensely bound to and inspired by the revolutionary theories of Sigmund Freud, who underscored the power and significance of dreams, desires, and the unconscious mind in shaping human behavior. Surrealist artists gave visual form to these abstract psychological concepts, pushing boundaries to express the irrational and intangible aspects of human psyche. Salvador Dali, René Magritte, and Max Ernst stand as leading surrealist virtuosos, each deploying unique modalities to navigate the labyrinth of the unconscious mind. Dali, in works such as The Persistence of Memory, stunned the viewers with his enigmatic dreamscapes, contorting reality with intricate detail. Magritte, on the other hand, stirred the viewer's intellect with his juxtaposition of ordinary objects in absurd contexts, such as in the treachery of images. Ernst, with his pioneering use of frottage and grattage, carved a path for invocation of surprise and accident, thereby letting the unconscious assert its richness. Fascinatingly, the influence of surrealism extended far beyond the confines of canvas and sculptural form. Surrealist tropes and techniques found a thriving place in film and literature as well. The writings of André Breton, the father of surrealism, germinated a literary tradition that dove deep into the mystique of the mind. In film, surrealism had an indelible impact, as seen in the works of filmmakers like Louis Boonwell, whose film An Andalusian Dog provocatively blends reality and dream, representing the abrupt nature of human thought and sentiment. 
Tracing the arc of surrealism, one cannot help but marvel at its ability to embody the swirling nebula of human thought, dream and desire into tangible form, a veritable exploration of the deepest recesses of the human mind. As we elaborate further on our timeline, we shall bear witness to how this exploration underwent further evolution and refinement in the post-war period and beyond. Part 6. Abstract Expressionism. Emotion through Abstraction. In the vibrant tapestry of modern and contemporary art history, the abstract expressionist movement stands as an evocative declaration of human emotion and self-expression. Rising in the post-World War II era, the intensity of this art form mirrored the tumultuous zeitgeist of the time, its influence primarily focused in America, signaling the nation's emergence as a new hub for the avant-garde. Two luminaries dominated this movement, their respective styles exemplifying the vast range covered by abstract expressionism. Jackson Pollock and Mark Rothko. Pollock, self-expressive and charged, was known for his famous drip paintings displaying an action-filled form of art, characterized by dramatic splashes of color, thick strata of paint, and frenzied motifs. His technique, which involved dripping or pouring paint directly onto canvases laid on the ground, was unconventional for his time and marked a definitive break from traditional painting norms. Meanwhile, Rothko veered towards the introspective with his multiform paintings. These were monumental works designed to envelop viewers in color, directing the emotions evoked by formless, pure shades filling the spectator's field of vision. His paintings consisted of luminous, soft-edged rectangles floating on a radiant background, a profound introspection of human emotion in the simplest of formats. The pivot towards abstract expressionism left a remarkable impact on the course of art criticism, shifting it towards formalism, an emphasis on a work of art's visual elements rather than its subject matter. Abstract expressionism captured a feeling, an emotion, and translated it into color and shape, divorcing the work from external and historical context. This paid attention to formal elements like color, line, space, and texture as taking precedence over narrative or socio-political analysis. The booming voice of Clement Greenberg, the movement's primary champion, advocated for the integral purity of the medium, wherein a painting should aspire to flatness, allowing minimal distraction from the experience of color and form. The movement's influence ran far deeper into the realm of aesthetics, presenting the framework for minimalism, conceptual art, and other important movements in the visual arts. Abstract expressionism thus represents a pivot in the course of art history, bridging a path between the objective and the subjective, the tangible and the abstract, paving the path for future currents of artistic expression. By exploring the raw resonance of the human emotion unconstrained by the structures of concrete reality, this vivid chapter in the Chronicles of Modern and Contemporary Art set a new trajectory that would lay a foundation for the revolutionary discourse that was yet to come. As we continue our journey through the rich tapestry of modern and contemporary art, we will trace further developments and paradigms exploring movements which built upon and sometimes reacted against abstract expressionism, further diversifying the ambit of visual arts. Part 7. Pop Art. Lonely Tie. In the heyday of the 1950s and 60s, when consumer culture was booming post-World War II, and mass media was reimagining how information was consumed, a seismic shift was occurring within the art world. The movement we now famously know as pop art was taking shape. 
Significantly, this was a moment in which low culture, derived from popular and mass culture, met high culture, hitherto the domain of the elite and the intellectual. It was a convergence resulting from an increasing dialogue between the realms of advertising, comic books, everyday objects, and traditional fine art. Now, to discuss pop art without mentioning its key artists would be an omission too great. Andy Warhol, undeniably the poster child of the movement, revolutionized the notion of art production. His famous reproduction of everyday objects and pop icons, including the Campbell's soup cans and portraits of Marilyn Monroe, encapsulated the spirit of pop art. Closely following Warhol, Roy Lichtenstein bore another key signature style of the movement. Borrowing heavily from the aesthetics of comic strips, Lichtenstein's vibrant works like Drowning Girl and What Um are iconic embodiments of how pop art repurposed mass media imagery for artistic expression. With Jasper Johns, the line between high and low blurred further. He respected traditional techniques even as he took commonplace objects like flags and numbers as his subject matter. Though pop art is most often associated with the American scene, its influence pervaded globally. In Britain, a significant variant of pop art emerged slightly earlier, fueled by artists like Richard Hamilton and Peter Blake. Their works often utilized collage and mixed-media techniques, capturing the allure of American consumerism from across the Atlantic. Similarly, Japan saw a homegrown pop art movement known as Superflat, led by artists like Takashi Murakami. These global iterations, proving pop art wasn't confined within geographical boundaries, reflected the power and range of consumer culture and mass media. Thus, the essence of pop art lay in its bold reflection of the zeitgeist. It soaked up the vibrant energy of a world emerging from turmoil and embraced a new reality of mass consumerism, where accessibility trumped exclusivity and popular images became art. The artists who championed this movement broke down venerable boundaries and reshaped the landscape of art, forever blending the realms of the ordinary and extraordinary. Their legacy lives on, not only in the works they've left behind, but in the very fabric of how we understand and appreciate art today. So, as we peruse supermarket aisles, watch our favorite superheroes in action, or scroll through our social media feeds, remember this. Our everyday experiences, the low culture, influenced an entire movement making art more accessible and close to reality than ever before. Through pop art, the world was given a new lens where a can of soup, comic book strips, and famous faces could all become sources of inspired artistic reflections. Part 8. Minimalism. Reduction to Essentials. Moving on to minimalism, an art movement in post-World War II Western art that formed most strongly in the United States in the late 1950s and early 60s. Minimalism, aptly named for its simplicity and lack of adornment, sought to diminish art to its most fundamental features. Minimalism endeavored to achieve purity in shape, color, and space. No frills, no distractions, square boxes, open cubes, pure colors. These were the hallmarks of minimalism, simplicity that escalates to sophistication. Minimalistic artists, rather than dabbling with the complexities of the human form or raw emotion, sought to strip their work down to its bare bones. Their focus was much less on representation or imitation, but rather making simplicity profound. They welcomed any opportunity to eliminate the needless in favor of the necessary. Minimalism was personified by influential artists such as Donald Judd, Frank Stella, and Carl Andre. These artists discarded the traditional distinction between painting and sculpture. 
embracing three dimensions and crafting works of art that commanded the viewer's engagement in space and time. Donald Judd, renowned for his attention to space and structure, possessed an intense obsession with the object in his work, reducing his pieces to their most basic forms. Frank Stella was acclaimed for his restrained geometric paintings that deliberately avoided any symbolic or emotional content. Carl André, instead of modeling, carving, or welding metal as his contemporaries were doing, merely placed it on the ground, making the environment an inherent part of his work. These artists sculpted the minimalistic landscape, taking the art scene by storm with their abstraction of art to its purest yet most profound form. Yet, as with any artistic movement, minimalism faced its share of reactions and criticisms. Some hailed the movement for its ability to embody purity in art. Others criticized it for its perceived lack of emotion and creativity. Critics argued that minimalist works, by stripping art to its bare essentials, remove the emotion, the complexity, and the intensity often associated with art. They argued that the minimalistic style was at best too simplistic and at worst dehumanizing, a stark contrast to powerful emotions evoked by expressionism or the deep societal criticisms of pop art. Nevertheless, the controversy that minimalism incurred is a testament to its importance in the progression of modern art. Through minimalism, artists created thought-provoking art with only the most basic constructs of form and color. And in doing so, they challenged the public to question their own understanding and perception of art. Minimalism, standing steadfast in its simplicity, brings us back to ponder the essence of art and poses the intriguing question, how much or how little does it take for something to be considered art? Part 9. Conceptual Art. Idea over Execution. Conceptual art, born out of anarchistic attitudes of the late 1960s, was an emphatic rejection of art as a commodity, vociferously Protestant of the potential commodification of aesthetic forms. This marked an irrevocable philosophical shift within the realm of visual arts, placing critical emphasis on the notion that the concept or idea itself held preeminent value, dwarfing the importance of the physical execution or the resultant artifact. Leading this artistic revolution were pioneers such as Joseph Kosuth and Lawrence Weiner. Kosuth, in his seminal work One and Three Chairs, 1965, audaciously questions the essence of an object in this case a chair by juxtaposing a real chair with a photograph of it, and a dictionary definition thereby presenting three iterations of a singular entity. Here the concept, rather than the physical objects, becomes the art. Weiner, known for his text-based works, embodies the essence of conceptualism by proposing that the idea of art does not necessitate its enumeration, evident in his Statement of Intent, 1968, the artist may construct the piece. The peace may be fabricated. The peace need not be built. The radical ideologies proposed by such artists have left an indelible mark on the way we understand and evaluate artistic practice today. As time marched on past the surge of conceptualism in the late sixties and early seventies, so too did the permeation of its ethos within the art world. Significantly, this ethos has grown to influence subsequent artistic movements, forging a path which simultaneously embraces other mediums outside pure visual delineations, such as installation art, performance art, and digital art, and reduces the partition between artist and audience collector. Indeed, one cannot understate the importance of conceptual art in challenging the fundamental precepts of what constitutes art and the role of the artist. Its impact reverberates across artistic creation and curation alike, inspiring aesthetic interrogations 
and inviting the viewer to participate actively in the meaning-making process. As we move forward, the residue of conceptual art continues to pervade our contemporary visual landscape, bleeding into different shades and giving shape to a myriad of expressions in our deeply interconnected world. While the radical fervor associated with its genesis may have softened, the echoes of conceptualism resound in the persistent dialogue surrounding the value of idea over execution, seeding conversations about art and authorship, meaning and materiality, and all the grey areas in between, ensuring quite fittingly that the notion of conceptual art remains an idea that continues to challenge and inspire. Part 10. Performance Art. The Body as Medium. Dramatically diverging from more traditional mediums of painting and sculpture, performance art flourished in the twentieth century, marking the body as a canvas in the creation and representation of artistic matters. Performance art, with its provocative nature, has been instrumental in challenging traditional aesthetics and norms of conduct within the art world and in broader society. Performance art emerged essentially from the Fluxus movement of the 1960s, carrying forward its tendencies of anti-commercialism and its focus on the artistic process. Fluxus fostered a bracing avant-garde spirit that was inherently subversive, emphasizing the importance of the experience and rejecting traditional notions of art. Yet it was perhaps the radical performances of Marina Abramovic that drove the genre into popular recognition in the later decades, known as the grandmother of performance art. Abramovic challenged the boundaries of the body and mind, often placing herself in taxing, even dangerous, situations to probe the limits of physical and mental endurance. The potency of performance art is in its immediacy and transience. The physical presence of the artist and the real-time unfolding of the actions create an intense, often intimate, rapport between performer and audience. This relationship becomes a conduit for exploring complex themes and issues, including identity and social norms. In the realm of identity politics, performance art has been pivotal, serving as a platform for artists to express their diverse narratives, question stereotypes, and challenge societal norms. Further, performance art has informed and enriched other art forms, from contemporary theatre and dance to video and digital art. Its emphasis on the actual process, on the act rather than the artifact, calls to mind the practice of conceptual art, suggesting an overlap between these two modern art forms. Meanwhile, its intersection with video, photography, and digital media has given rise to new hybrid modes, expanding the scope of the genre. A quintessential example of the cross-medium influence is evident in the work of Japanese artist Yoko Ono. While acknowledged widely as a music icon, Ono's role in performance and conceptual art has been equally impactful. Her piece Cut Piece, where Ono sat passively while audience members took turns cutting off her clothing with a pair of scissors, has been reinterpreted across different mediums, including digital art turning an ephemeral act turning an ephemeral act into a tangible, accessible piece that continues to provoke discussions on feminism, vulnerability, and violence. As an inherently flexible and evolving practice, performance art will undoubtedly continue to adapt to technological advancements, social shifts, and cultural dynamics in synchrony with the ever-changing rhythm of the world. Indeed, as we further navigate our digitally saturated landscape, Performance art may find even more potent channels of expression, questioning and redefining the way art integrates into our lived experiences, 
Performance art's unique capacity to foster immediate and powerful interactions while encapsulating the complexities of human condition makes it an irreplaceable part of the broader artistic discourse. As we move on, let's delve into the postmodern era, which, much like performance art, challenges the very core of traditional aesthetics, prompting us to reassess our comprehension of art. Part 11. Postmodernism. Challenging the status quo. Postmodernism, a term used broadly throughout different academic fields, began to resonate in the art world in the mid to late twentieth century. At its core, postmodernism was a critical movement, challenging the absolutes and certainties that modernism embraced. Modernism presented structured, closed systems of thought and aesthetics, solidly understood and often centered on grand narratives of progress. In contrast, postmodernism embraced an open system of interpretation. Often playful or ironic, viewing reality as constructed and subjective, one of the dominating theoretical concepts of postmodernism is deconstruction. This concept, borrowed from Derrida's philosophy, destabilizes the modernist binary thought of right-wrong, or good-bad, by breaking it down to reveal the intricacies and contradictions within, thus questioning the fundamental hierarchical structures. The artists brought the complexities of life into art without insisting on a single correct view. Importantly, postmodernism as an art movement fostered a spirit of resistance to established norms, reshaping the art world much as it had sought to reshape consciousness and society. It encouraged artists to challenge the high arts elitism and create artworks that reflected everyday life and ordinary objects. Among the foremost proponents of postmodernism were artists like Jeff Koons, David Hockney, and Cindy Sherman. Each explored aspects of postmodernism in unique and inventive ways. Koons employed ready-made objects with kitsch aesthetics and placed them in high art contexts, objectifying and commodifying the banal. His work, From Rabbit to Balloon Dogs, playfully satirizes consumer fetishes and art as commodity while questioning notions of value and taste in art. Hockney, an expert colorist known for his landscapes and portraits, embraced a postmodernist approach to narrative and space. Flattening of perspective, juxtaposition of different styles, and direct engagement with the viewer in his works like a bigger splash reflect postmodernist principles of multiplicity of views and the breakdown of high-low art divisions. Cindy Sherman, through her series Untitled Film Stills, created a dialogue with media representations of women employing mimicry, parody, and critique to question ideas of identity, originality, and authorship, all key issues within postmodern discourse. These artists, each in their distinctive way, embodied and articulated the postmodernist paradigm of dismantling grand narratives of modernism, championing a pluralist perspective, complicating boundaries between art and life, re-evaluating existing power structures, and provoking a healthy skepticism towards all established norms. From the mid-twentieth century to the present day, postmodernism continues its sway in the art world, its spirit of inquiry shifting and changing shape, generating discussions, diversifying voices in arts, and challenging preconceptions. Part 12. Art in the Digital Age, New Media and Technologies as we segue into the digital age of art, we encounter an arena in which new media and technologies have begun to dominate the discourse. The rise of video art and internet art has contributed to redefine modes of artistic expression and opened uncharted territories for artists and critics alike. 
Video art emerged in the late 1960s and early 1970s, essentially brought forward as a medium of creative expression by technological innovations available. This medium breathed life into inanimate installations, allowing artists to incorporate an array of sensory experiences beyond just the visual. Exploring time-based narrative structures and challenging traditional static forms of art, video art expanded the dimensions within which art could exist and be expressed. Nam June Paik, often touted as the father of video art, was one of the pioneers in this field. He cleverly utilized television sets as artist canvases, integrating videotapes, live feeds, and manipulated broadcasts to subvert the traditional object-subject relationship in art. Dutch artist Reineke Dijkstra, on the other hand, made influential photographic and video works capturing human subjects in moments of transition or transformation, thus offering robust insights into the human condition. Internet art, or net art, started to gain ground during the 1990s, inherently a product of the Internet's widespread commercial usage. It capitalized on the inherent characteristics of the Internet, decentralization, global accessibility, and interactivity. As we venture further into the 21st century, the intersection of art and virtual reality, VR, heralds another new frontier. Virtual reality technologies offer immersive experiences, enveloping the viewer in a simulated 3D environment, testing the boundaries between real and virtual, tangible and perceived. This intertwining of art and VR pushes our understanding of what art can represent, how it can be engaged with, and ultimately how it can be defined. Artists like Char Davies and Geoffrey Shaw have used virtual reality as a substrate for creating groundbreaking artworks. One remarkable piece, Osmosays by Char Davies, allows individuals to navigate a digital realm using their breath and balance, while Geoffrey Shaw's The Legible City presents a locative media installation inviting participants to navigate a city composed of computer-generated three letters that form words and sentences around the cyclist. The rise and development of digital art forms, from video art to internet art to the intersection of art and virtual reality, have significantly expanded the artistic landscape. These innovations not only provide new avenues for artistic expression, but also stimulate rigorous discourses on its implications. As we delve further into this, the promise of virtual reality and other digital mediums in reimagining our understanding of art continues to ripen, offering exciting prospects for artists and viewers alike. By embracing advances in technology, we continue to explore uncharted territories within the realm of art. Consequently, the beauty of this digital revolution in art lies in its exciting unpredictability, constantly challenging and redefining our understanding of the concept of art itself. Who knows what these innovative technologies may one day facilitate as we gradually immerse and lose ourselves in this expanding digital universe of art. Part 13. Globalizing Art. New Geographies. New Narratives. The latter part of the 20th century saw the emergence of peripheral modernities alongside mainstream European and American modernism. This development offered new narrative dimensions to the art scene and countered the traditional understanding of modern art to some extent. From Africa to Latin America, from Asia to the Middle East, artists were actively contributing to the discourse of modern art, albeit from the sidelines. Artists like Wifredo Lam fused Afro-Caribbean themes with Cubist style as a response to colonial narratives, while Indian modernists like Amrita Sher Gill bridged the East-West cultural divide through their art. 
In this light, the evolution of Biennales and art fairs played a significant role in bringing these disparate geographies together, effectively globalizing the art world. Originating in Venice in the 19th century, the Biennale format had spread worldwide by the 1900s, from Sao Paulo in 1951 to Guangzhou in 1995. These platforms provided artists outside the traditional centers of Europe and America an opportunity to showcase their works and engage with multiple artistic discourses. Concurrently, art fairs like Art Basel promoted a more commercial aspect of the art world by connecting artists, collectors, curators, and art lovers on a global scale. However, the most profound impact on contemporary art was perhaps the influence of transnationalism and globalization. As borderless communication became the norm, art started reflecting the cross-cultural interaction and exchange that characterized the hyperconnected world. Artistic practices started engaging more with issues of identity, culture, and politics in a transnational context. Artists like Ai Ai Weiwei drew upon international influences and presented social critiques that transcended national boundaries. Moreover, globalization also led to the rise of global contemporary art, a category that transcended geographical confines and recognized the diverse artistic practices emerging from different parts of the world. This global perspective led to a more inclusive art scene, acknowledging and promoting artists from previously overlooked regions. Consequently, the globalization of art also contributed to the blurring of boundaries between the e-center and periphery of the art world. The decentralized global art scene brought forth new perspectives, challenged existing narratives, and created a richer, more diverse artistic discourse. As a result, contemporary art today isn't confined to one particular tradition, geography, or style. It's a converging point for global narratives, a dialogue of cultures, and a dynamic playing field for artists from around the world. Through this study of globalizing art, we see the shift in modern and contemporary art dynamics from being predominantly Euro-American centric to adopting a broader view that embraces and celebrates the diverse voices from around the world. This transition has brought about an inclusive and complex discourse about the definition of art, its purpose, and its future. Next, we'll delve into the interesting realm of decolonizing art, where we revisit and reinterpret art history in the wake of post-colonial discourses. Stay with us as we continue our journey through the fascinating world of modern and contemporary art. Part 14. Decolonizing Art. Revisiting History and Heritage. The territorial markings of the art map underwent deconstruction toward the second half of the twentieth century, giving rise to a reshaping of histories and narratives under the banner of decolonization. This was accompanied by a shift in the focus of art analysis from Eurocentrism to a broader, global perspective, underscoring the role of post-colonial theory in art. Drawing from attributes of decolonization, post-colonial frameworks offer critical insights into the role art plays in challenging historical and cultural dominance. They propose alternate narratives that redefine the relationship between the center and former colonies. The weaver of artists Anish Kapoor and Ella Natsui provide interesting vantage points to decode this new relationship. British Indian artist Anish Kapoor's works, peppered with cultural motifs, blend his Indian heritage with contemporary aesthetics. Known for his colossal public sculptures, Kapoor utilizes unique materials and innovative techniques, such as the engagement with shadows and illusionary voids, unsettling conventional aesthetic manifestations and triggering disruptive narratives. Born in Ghana, Elanatsui, on the other hand, 
pivots around the post-colonial African experience. The intricate tapestries he crafts from discarded bottle caps and metal detritus symbolize the economic and environmental aftershock of colonial intervention. The symbolic potential of detritus to carry the weight of post-colonial discourse makes his work conspicuously relevant. These narratives, largely relegated in the annals of traditional art history, find a home in museums in the post-colonial world. These New Age art establishments are instrumental in challenging, reinterpreting, and representing art from a post-colonial perspective. They perform the function of the facilitators of dialogue between the colonizers and the colonized, not merely repositories of exotic artifacts. For instance, the National Museum of African Art in Washington, D.C., highlights artifacts that underscore the African identity, along with narratives of cultural evolution and resilience after colonial rule. A similar modus operandi is visible in India's Kiran Nadar Museum of Art, which reinterprets Indian modernism through a post-colonial lens. However, decolonization within art is not a finite process, nor does it encompass a single static narrative. It is an ongoing conversation, a dialogue that needs to be constantly reviewed, revised, and reformed, involving multiple voices from diverse backgrounds, an approach that intends to subvert dominant models. It essentially poses a question on the ownership of art and the authenticity of historical discourse. It also encompasses the ethics of restoration and restitution of art stolen or coerced out of colonies. Decolonization is, thus, not merely a theoretical approach, but a tangible practice pushing for the evolution of a global and equitable art heritage. It urges us to confront uncomfortable histories, challenging us to reflect upon lingering echoes of colonialism and imperialism in our perception and understanding of art. As we plunge deeper into twenty-first-century art, a decolonized perspective will continue to question, redefine, and reframe our understanding of modern and contemporary art. Part 15. Reflection. The Impact of Modern and Contemporary Art. Modern and Contemporary Art. Two broad terms encapsulating a plethora of artistic movements, styles, and techniques. Over the years, these art forms have not only reflected the zeitgeist of society, but have also deeply influenced pop culture and political landscapes, while steadily gaining recognition in academic and art institutions. Certainly the essence of modern and contemporary art is evident in our everyday life. Be it through graffiti art on city walls, bold illustrations on magazine covers, or even the immersion of cubist aesthetics in fashion runway shows, the reach of these art forms permeate many facets of our everyday world. Pop culture, at its core, is strewn with the threads of modern and contemporary art. Andy Warhol, a pioneering figure in pop art, used mass-produced commercial goods and celebrity icons in his work, directly echoing the consumer culture of America. This very artistic style profoundly seeped into pop culture and subsequently began impacting societal attitudes towards consumerism, advertising, and celebrity worship. Performance Art too traversed from the confines of galleries into public spaces exploring identity and gender politics. The poignant performances of Marina Abramovic or Yoko Ono serve as strong societal commentaries, reminding us of the transformative power of art. But the influence of these art styles extends beyond societal realms into institutional territories. As we delve into the echelons of academia and museums, the importance and recognition attributed to these art movements are strikingly noticeable. 
from occupying the grand halls of MoMA to forming the basis of numerous university modules, contemporary and modern art have established themselves as pivotal components of art education and appreciation worldwide. These institutions aren't solely spaces for displaying art, but serve as platforms that foster discussions on pivotal themes like decolonization, portrayal of identity, and the role of technology in art. Thus, by dissecting Dadaist works or analyzing the minimalist movement, not only can we study the artistic evolution, but we can also delve into important social issues. Affirming that art and society do not art and society do not exist in isolation. Moreover, the importance of these art movements can be gauged by the various international art events dedicated exclusively to them, like Documenta in Germany or the Venice Biennale, where artists across the globe showcase their contemporary works, sparking dialogues while cultural and political boundaries blur. Indeed, the impact of modern and contemporary art has been monumental, influencing the pop-cultural panoramas and molding institutional perceptions. And yet the interconnections between society and these art forms continue to become complex year by year, leading us to ponder, do these art movements merely reflect societal changes, or do they reflect societal changes, or do they provoke them, thereby shaping our world? Irrespective of the answer, it's undeniable that modern and contemporary art hold an unassailable position in our society, culture, and institutions as we move towards an uncertain yet fascinating future, one can only wonder how its influence will further permeate our lives. This concludes our podcast titled Modern and Contemporary Art, From Cubism to Postmodernism. We hope to see you again on our next installment of Professor Lan A.I. Explores Humanity. Thank you.